It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. doing tonight brother chad and brother dave i'm doing well doing well amen amen it's always good to hear brother chad what are you doing on that telephone clicking off and on <laughs> yes i had it on mute i didn't want to interrupt the song <laughs> yeah i heard I, you can tell whenever you're off then come back on anyway it doesn't matter anyway folks tonight we're going to be in revelation chapter six the other night, we finished Daniel chapter 9, and the last part of Daniel chapter 9, folks, um, especially where he gets into the prince that shall come, all that stuff, I didn't go into any of the the um, the numerology part of it or the, the, the time periods over the years and everything. You can find that in a million different places and get the ideas. The problem, the, the main gist that I wanted to get across was a difference between the prince that shall come and the the real prince, Messiah, the prince. I wanted to make a, a distinction between that and and pound on the fact that it's not talking about Titus Vespasian, all right, and it's not talking about uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. All those types of what is to come, and I tied the bow with the Lord Jesus Christ's own words telling his disciples that that they should look out for the abomination that maketh the desolate, and he that heareth let him understand. Because Titus Vespasian did not, did not offer any kind of thing on the altar, did not put up anything for worship or anything, and history backs that up. So the abomination of desolation did not take place in past, period. 
the allegorizers and all the praetorists and everything will will stretch and strain at gnats, and all they wind up doing is swallowing camels. Having said that, Brother Dave, if you would, open us in a word of prayer. Brother, please don't forget Brother Sergio and the sister that's got the Morgellons disease, and Brother Steve and Sister Julie, brother. Yes. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you tonight, and we give thanks for this evening, and we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for this book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, and we pray tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ himself would be revealed to us in deeper ways, and that we would come to know our groom, our Master, our Lord and Savior, and learn to love him and uh, know what please him more. And, Lord, we pray that we would be able to be re- have revealed to us the future events, that we would be warned what to look for and how to help others and how to pray in regards to the Word and what is definitely planned to happen and what can be changed and what can't be. We pray for the wisdom to know the difference. And, Father, I lift up to you Zita, who has more gallons disease, And I pray, Lord, that you would bring her in contact with those who have a great ability to treat this Morgallon's disease and who are fully aware of what it is. And, Lord, I pray that if possible, if it's your will, if it please you, that there be a supernatural healing for her, Lord, that she wouldn't need to have doctors in attendance, although it would be nice to have the full report of the doctors saying what it is, and then, hey, there's a new report, Jesus Christ healed her. So, Lord, I pray that you would get the glory in this disease, that this disease would be upon her for your glory, and that she'd be healed. And whichever way it is, Lord, I pray that she would bear up through this suffering and gain rewards as a saint of God who suffers but still extols the Lord Jesus Christ and lives the character of God in the midst of her trials. And But, Lord, we'd prefer healing, but whatever's in your will. And, Lord, I lift up to you, Brother Sergio, and I pray, Father, that you would build him up, that you would comfort him, that you would increase his knowledge, that you would increase his power and his strength and ability, and that He would learn the scriptures and be able to stand against the enemy and forces that would try to bring him down as a Christian man in Jesus' name. And I also lift up uh, Steve and Julie, and I pray, Lord, for health in their lives, strength to be able to be preachers, teachers, and that they would fulfill the call of God on their life, that they wouldn't be taken out by the enemy that they wouldn't be taken out by sickness and disease, that whatever place they're in, Lord, whenever they make an effort to do anything for you, that strength comes for the task, that joy comes for the task, ability comes to the task, even if it's just being able to crawl out of bed once to start to do it, Lord, let the strength and energy and anointing of God take over. Lord, I pray that your will be done in their life, and I pray that they would achieve mighty rewards for the hereafter through all their trials and tribulations. And I pray, Lord, that they would be able to absolutely know you in the depths of whatever they go through, that they know without a doubt 
the comfort and your presence with them going through it. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. 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 Okay, folks, uh, here in Revelation chapter 6, and the first, like I've said, every time we open up this book here, I talked about it being broken into three parts. All right? What you're going to run across out there amongst the historicists and everything is they're going to try to say that uh, this stuff that we're going to go through here on down we're from the from uh, what horse did we get to brother do you remember a uh, red horse rider okay well, from the, they're going to point to certain things in history and immediately they're going to say it was part of this political scenario or this war or that war in other words they're going to allegorize what's being said now let me make this statement and you won't hear me make this very often okay but I'm going to make it tonight. So, listen. There are some places in the Scripture, I've told you in biblical interpretation, that you take it literal unless it's impossible to take it literally, then opens the door for certain for certain allegorical or metaphorical interpretations. All right? I've also shown you the Scripture that absolutely slams the hammer down that God can work things over and over and over again, certain things in his plan, in his prophecies, dual fulfillment of prophecies. I've showed you where the, the partial fulfillments of prophecies are right there to see. All you got to do is read it. I've, brought the, I've given you the examples, some of the examples. All right? I've shown you where God made the statement that he requires the things which are past, and that which in, in, in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15, and also in Ecclesiastes 1, where he talks about that everything that, everything that has been is just going to, it's a circle. Everything is circular. History is circular. Some of the greatest historians, I'm talking about secular historians in the world, understand this. It doesn't take a genius to figure this out. Where today you have nothing but people looking in the linear. They think that everything is getting better because of technology, because of our knowledge, our techn techn te excuse me, I can't even talk. Our technological world. They make you think things are getting better. All right, and there's nothing that's gotten better in the last 6,000 years, but two things. That's communication, communication, and transportation, period. Every, every advance you can think of today, you can put it in one of those two categories as far as an advancement from, say, 150 years ago. That's going to be it. The average lifespan is still three score and ten. That's the average lifespan. Nobody's conquered death. People still get sick. People still die. Just because you can call somebody real quick and tell them somebody died don't mean that we're bringing in the kingdom. All right? In Daniel, where it says that um, in Daniel chapter 12, said Daniel, close up the book. For men shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Well, you pick and choose what knowledge you think he's talking about. 
A lot of people want to make it completely be the Word of God, and we're going to get these the, this special understanding. Then that that's all it's talking about. That's part of it. But also it'll be knowledge concerning technology and the things that I'm t- I just got through talking about, about communication and transportation. And you can rest assured of this. Before the flood, they were probably more advanced then. Well, there's no probably about it. They were more advanced then than we are today. Amen. See, you, you, folks, just because you can get in a car and go 70, 80 mile an hour, you maybe think you're the pinnacle the pinnacle of uh, technological development. Well, wonder if they could get from point A to point B quicker than that without a vehicle without a mode of transportation like that. wonder if their transportation was another way. Have you stopped to think about that? All right? Nothing new under the sun, folks. Nothing new under the sun. But then again, you've got the people that do not take the Word of God literally and don't believe the Word of God or pick and choose what they want to believe, and they're, they're just going to fluff that off and not even give it a second thought. And God has shut off any kind of revelation from them whatsoever. Paul plainly tells you, as does Peter, that there would be revelation coming later that they did not give the people they were teaching. Peter tells you that in 2 Peter 1. Paul tells you that in Philippians chapter 3. So that's not my opinion what I'm talking about. I've given you scriptural references for everything I've said. The ones that say any different are giving you their opinion with no scripture. I've never heard it, and if you can come up with it, please let me know, because it ain't there. All right? It's just like the fact that everybody in the Scripture that we have before us, the complete canon, you'll not find one of the, the ones teaching, talking, that does anything other than take what they're reading literally. You think that I'm lying? Find me a case where one of the prophets or one of the teachers or preachers or one of the apostles took anything other than literal. Please do give me the example. Since, since some of those people out there are so smart, I want the example. Give me, give me two witnesses that show that. Well, you're not going to find one to start with, but you give me two, okay? When Paul, come, when Paul gets ready to give an, an allegorical teaching, he tells you, in plain words, this, hey Galatians, this is an allegory, okay? So I, I don't pay, I, I have read some and heard some of the most outlandish, dreamed up stuff out of the book of Revelation that you could possibly imagine. And I'm sure some of you have um, bought into a lot of that stuff, Okay. But as we're going, the, the horse riders we're talking about right here is like I mentioned in the last program about the veil on the other side, about the horses and chariots of fire, all that stuff just out of our sight. But it, there's a veil that separates the spirit, the literal spiritual from the literal physical. And just because it's spiritual does not mean it's literal and physical. It's just across the veil, on the other side of the veil. In Isaiah, it tells you that one of these days when the Lord comes back, he's going to take that veil down to where everything that's literally spiritual, physical, 
is going to be visible to the ones in the flesh. Tells you that in Isaiah, I think it's chapter 27. I'm not sure. Should have uh, looked it up, but I didn't. It's there. Go read it. It's in the last five chapters of um, between Isaiah 25 and Isaiah chapter 30. You'll see it. When that veil's going to come down, it also says when that veil comes down, he'll teach them knowledge and they'll understand doctrine. Finally. Finally. So, here in Revelation, he talks about these horse riders. And, he's up, and we're talking, of, we're going to go into the seals. And you'll have, we'll go through the seals, then we'll go through the vials, and then the trumpets. And you'll notice a lot of this stuff will sound repetitive, or it'll kind of be like the same thing, but there'll be a little, there'll be a little difference between the veil, between the uh, seals, the vials, and the trumpets. There'll be a little added on or be something that happens different. But it all culminates in the very same thing. So, having said all that, let me say this. Before, um, one of the things that, that happens today, Brother Dave turned to 2 Peter chapter 3. Brother Chad, you turned to, uh, uh, see, it's, I think it's in Ecclesiastes chapter um, 8 or uh, chapter 8. I think it's in chapter 8. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and it's between verse uh, 9 and verse 15. We'll get there in just a second, okay? But you go ahead and turn there. So what, one of the things that happens today with our complacency, Peter warned about it because a lot of people that claim to be Christian, that um, and then they, the, the unsaved people that are not Christian, because things keep on going and going and going this time period, that's taking place, they think that, hey, well, all that stuff that the Lord said was going to happen, it's, it's BS, you know, it's not going to happen, all right? And men, as, as during, um, up until about 70 or 80 years ago, people feared God. I mean, there was a, there was a respect for what, what law and order was. I'm talking about real law and order. I'm not talking about the... the crap that we got today there was a respect to obey the powers that be and our people were the most law-abiding of the world our race the caucasian race are law they're known for structured law okay that right there ought to send all kind of flags up to the to the judeo-christians that will not that can't realize that we are of Israel. Even though we're Christian today, our roots lie in having the law of God written in our heart. They just don't get that. Even the, even the people, even our people that do not claim the name of Christ have a morality about them and thoughts about law and order that is not present in the other races. Ought to send flags up to anybody with eyes to see and ears to hear, but it doesn't. Like that little thing we talked about last uh, meeting about the Kolanidra, all vowel prayer, Amen. where you can say whatever and then just do the opposite. Absolutely. We, do, we don't teach people at church that. <laughs> no, that's, that's I mean, right. The very the Kolanidra oath like gives that bunch of snakes 
They they believe they can lie and tell you anything, and, and it's fine. All they got to do is get rid of it later. Brother Dave read it the other night. It's called the Colonidry Oath, and all the Jews believe it. They'll sit there and smile. Oh, yes, oh, yes, and just tell you anything that you want to hear or anything that sounds good, and it'd be a, it's a ball-faced lie, and they don't think anything about it whatsoever. The very ones that claim to be Judah, Judah today have no concept of law, like law-abiding citizenry, like I'm talking Amen. about. Amen. What does that tell you? Any of you Judeo-Christians that's down low, some of my brethren from Bible college that listen to this program, stop and think. Stop and think about what I'm saying. You say, you, you, then you're going to come up with the excuse, well, it's because they've been born again. Now they're looking. No, no, no. I just told you as a people we think that way. Now, you give it three or four generations of all this race mixing and all this continual propaganda and lies coming up, and we will even be led astray as a people if we're even still around, which we will be a remnant anyway. But Brother Dave, read the first part. This is um okay. this is what this is what the world thinks about the scriptures and and the, the thoughts that come into their mind, and they they voice these opinions. Go ahead and read Second Peter three, start verse one, brother. Uh, okay, verse one. I was going to start at verse three, but okay. well, that's fine. This, that's fine. Okay, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. There you go. And that's exactly what's going on to the point to where you've got the lie, the the science falsely so-called, that's moved in amongst even some of the staunchest Christians today. They they have a mini-God, and it's science falsely so-called. One of the biggest reasons is because of the 15 up 10,000 translations that don't have the warning in there. It's only in a King James Bible, like I've told you ad nauseum, to throw up the red flag about to warn you about science falsely so-called. So evolution's crept in. All this, all this secular humanism has crept in. And I'll show. And the 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 father takes his own sweet time. He's got the times appointed. It tells us all through the latter part of Daniel. The day appointed, the time appointed will come at the. This will happen at the time appointed. The Lord knows those days, just like the very hairs on your head are numbered. But even Solomon knew this would take place when everything was going right. In other words. Solomon's reign was a picture of the millennial reign that's going to come. That's what the reign of Solomon was was a type of. And his reign ended in apostasy as well, and the reign of Christ will end with the, the people, some of the people that are still in their fleshy bodies with the, with the aid of the supernatural coming against the very Jesus Christ in the flesh, in his glorified body, and us, the imitators of Christ, with our glorified body, ruling and reign, will come against us at the very end. 
because the Lord gives every opportunity because the adversary, Satan, has a point. The problem is not necessarily him. The problem is our fallen nature. Brother Chad, read verse uh, chapter, I think it's chapter 8, verse it's, verse 11, it'll say, the sons of man's hearts are setting them to do wicked or something. It, it's around, it's verse 11, try verse 11 first. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. There you go. What have you got today? you got death row people that is absolutely guilty as hell for rape, for murder, incest, double murder, triple murder, Charles Manson, murder, murder, murder. And what are they doing? Eating three squares a day, using the telephone, watching television. You got people out there that will decide that they can do something wicked and evil against against the law of God and the laws of the land because they're not worried about the ex the execution block like it once was. They're not worried about hanging the chopping block or the electric chair or the poison. They're not worried about it. Therefore the sons of men's hearts is set in them to do wicked. Ain't nothing new under the sun, folks. Was that way in Solomon's day? It's that way today. Nothing new under the sun. But we, in the in the time period we're in now, with science reigning as God and King, even amongst so-called "quote unquote" churches and Christians that think science is a final authority, evolution is taking center stage. They can look at, at, at these people and say. They can even look at them and say the theory of evolution. And that word theory seems to, to just be, they didn't say it. A theory, folks, is not a fact. A theory is a theory. They'll even tell you that. But now they're getting so bold and brash, they won't even put theory on the end of it. It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe in God Almighty. If you if you've studied and listened to what they claim, it's re, and everything is everything that's done is based upon the belief in evolution. Even though evolution is is, is slowly slowly I say taking the back seat. Let me tell you why it's taking the back seat to some kind of theism. Somehow some to some type of um creatorism, okay, or theism, because evolution offers no hope in eternity, see. Therefore, it was just a matter of time till it would have to take back seat to something else. So now it's panspermia, or we were seated here by other little g-gods. And just maybe these little G-gods have a way of working it out to work to where somebody will live forever. Hence, you have transhumanism. You have the cloning. Anything but believe the book. Anything but believe the book. And like I've taught in times past, I thoroughly believe that those, those spiritual forces, those angelic, angelic forces, 
that the book of Enoch said would be loosed after how many generations was it, Dave? Chad, you remember? You remember how many generations it would be? Hmm. Offhand? Sorry. No, yeah. sorry. I don't know if that's... That's okay. It's okay. Up after, until 1920, somewhere around there? Well, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, absolutely. More than likely uh, between 1880 and 19 and 1915. Oh, uh, are you talking about the 70 times punishment? No, no, no. That was for our people. I'm yes. talking about the angels that were chained were going oh, to yeah. be loosed mm-hmm. for a period of time. Yes. It's, the ones talked about in Jude and Second Peter. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Those angels were chained, and in the book of Enoch it said they'd be chained for so many generations and loosed for a season. I think they're loosed. Plus, you've got all the principalities and powers of Ephesians chapter 6, you've got a third of the heavenly host that fell along with the adversary and only 200 of them got bound. Okay? So you got all the rest of them in, in cahoots with government. Get turned to, um, Brother Dave, turn to uh, Psalms chapter 2. Okay? While I'm talking. Yes. And you've got that being promulgated and they can only do what they're allowed to do, folks. That's the reason. Listen, the Father is ultimately in control and has a leash on every evil thing out there. He can pull the leash back and stop it or let it go as long as he wants to let it go. Ultimately, he his is the final word, and he says what will happen and puts the yay or nay on anything, ultimately. Now, why does he allow things to happen like they happen? Why does the righteous suffer? And why does the wicked prosper? And why would he allow these demonic entities and all this? Folks, that's not for you to understand. Number one, the Bible tells you over three or four times it's done for his pleasure. Okay? In the end, it's all about for his pleasure. But he, there will be a day when the restitution of all things will take place and then all that stuff will be forgotten. It tells you that in the book of Isaiah. And you have to keep in mind that not only did Jesus Christ come to be our kinsman redeemer, he is also the avenger of blood. So you'll have some of the people out there at the post-millennial and all-millennial bunch and some of our so-called brethren be talking this post-millennial stuff, they forget about he's also the avenger of blood when they try to make the millennium done passing all this stuff. Did he not literally, did he not perform the kinsman redeemer literally? Okay, the answer is absolutely yes. Well, then what makes you think that he's not going to fulfill the vengeance the avenger of blood, just as literal. See, that's part of the day of the Lord that this whole book culminates in, okay? The wrath of God being poured out on a wicked and sinful world. So go ahead, Brother Dave. Okay. So I'm still going to read it all. Because this is the other... This is... This is the... Uh, the third of the angels that fell, along with Lucifer. 
This is the ones you don't see, but are probably behind every, this is my opinion. I can't prove this, all right? But I think, and it's my opinion, that they are behind every giant corporation in the world. I think they are the, the, the root, the love of money is the root of all evil. Are they evil? Of course they are. Now, they're either literally, physically here, or they're running it spiritually, one of the two, and are going to be literally, physically here. I think they're already here. Been thinking it for a long time. Just behind the scenes. Now, Brother Dave's going to read about them. So go ahead and read, Brother. Psalms 2, verse 1. Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath, and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of thee earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, capital S, lest he be angry. And ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. And Amen. Amen. Y'all got that, folks? You can, you can transpose everything I've just got through saying previously. That five or ten minute rant into, into that very psalm right there. The warnings there. What's going to happen is there. The avenger of blood is there. The the ruling the ruling with the rod of irons there that it talks about in the book of Revelation that we're going to run into. The millennial reign is it's all right there in one psalm in Psalms two. It's there. Turn to uh, Jeremiah chapter thirty, brother Dave and brother Chad. Turn to Hosea chapter five, brother. Okay, it was 70 generations, Pastor Don. Thank you very much. Okay, I, I thought it might be 70. Usually it is a seven yeah. in some way, but okay, 70 generations are up. If we knew the exact time when that prophecy was made, then we would know the exact time that they were loose for a season. And the best minds out there have come, have, have narrowed it down within 100 years, give or take of around the turn of the 21st, 20th century. Okay? What is, the, what is the, uh, the, uh, the timeline on a biblical generation, Pastor Don? Is that 70 years, 50 years? 70 years, brother. 70, okay. 70 years. Some people try to make it 120 years. 
Some people try to make it different, but it appears more times, more than one time as 70, okay? And 70 is, is it has a numerical, uh, it, it means something, doesn't it? It's a, it's a time of, tribu- of a trial? Is that what it means? No, the, the word, the, any time at seven, the, the number seven is the, is the number for completion. Yeah. The number eight is the, word, is, the, is the number for a new beginning. Seven is completion, not perfection, folks. It's completion. That's what the number seven refers to. Five is the number of death. Five appears as the number it, it pops up having to do with death, uh, and 85% of the time. In Genesis 5, 5, the first man dies, all right? 13, 85% of all the word, the word 13, verse 13, chapter 13 appears. You're always going to find something wicked around there. It's got to do with evil, something bad. I, I, I've given you all all that in the past, how that stuff breaks down. But anyway, anyway, Brother Chad, I want you to, talking about the... Um, the day of vengeance that we're going to get into as we finish out these seals right here, it's going to bring, it's going to talk about the time and the stuff that's going to happen. It's the stuff that's going to happen in this period of time that Brother Dave's going to read us in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. First of all, Brother Dave, just go ahead and read uh, Jeremiah 30, verses, uh, um, read verse 6 through 8, okay? Okay. Jeremiah 30, chapter 30, I mean, Jeremiah 30, verse 6. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail? Okay, let's stop right there. Remember what the Lord said in Matthew 24 about uh, woe to them that would suck in those days? Okay, go ahead, brother. As a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. It is Stop. even wait, the wait, time. Wait, wait, just a minute. He said, did he, did he say that it was just a pretty bad day, or did he separate this day from a period of time? There, Yeah, so that none is like it. There you go. Go ahead. So that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. All right. For it shall. Go ahead, brother. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Break whose bond off of whose neck? Hmm? Jacob's neck. Our people's neck, but who is it's got got our neck all bundled up in a chain? Probably spiritual and literal. No, absolutely, absolutely, it's both. But it's an it's an entity that's done it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, if it's not, then Jacob is spiritual and not literal. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Both of them are literal. So. um, brother, if if Satan's bound with a chain, he he like the old black woman said in South Georgia, mm. he sure do have a long chain. Yes, indeed. So there's just so much that just slams those people down. But anyway, brother Chad, I want to show y'all something in Hosea that 
that is is prerequisite prerequisite to the second coming that you don't hear much about. Brother Chad, I want you to read verses um uh fourteen but read thirteen through sixteen. In Hosea five. Which 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 uh, chapter? Chapter five, verse thirteen through sixteen. Okay, thirteen it ends at fifteen. So when when Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, then when Ephraim Oh wait, stop now, let me explain. Ephraim and Judah. That's the two different branches. Okay? That's the two that's the ten and the one. Go ahead, brother. Then went Ephraim to the Assyrian and sent to King Jerab. Yet could he not heal you nor cure you of your wound? For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away, and none shall rescue him. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Stop, stop just a second. Let me let me say, tell you what's being what's going on there. He's talking to both houses of Israel. They're in a world of hurt. The I, even I, is the Lord speaking Himself. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. All right? Now, look at what the prerequisite is for him to come and take care and and dispense the vengeance or he's the the avenger of blood. As our kinsman redeemer, the first coming, he he was the kinsman redeemer, and the second part of his duty is the avenger of blood. So let's see what the prerequisite is. Go ahead, brother. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. Got that? There's going to be a time coming when our people, the one, the disbelievers of our people, folks, listen, listen, listen. It's not no Chinaman that pushes atheism. Okay, it is a thoroughbred white man that's the head of atheism today. Okay, it's our people that pushes this stuff. I know about the foot soldiers that, that, that displace the money and everything, but our people have turned their back on their God. How can I'm not? I, and I don't care how many churches they go to. I don't care. Doesn't matter. They have. They have they have left the truth. They have left the book. They've left the law of God and turned to their own ways. And because God doesn't come and swiftly do something about it while it's going on, it pushes them further and further and further away from the book and more into the arms of God-forsaken science and man being his own Savior. Do you know how when that lie was first promulgated? Do you know when that lie was first promulgated to our people? Come on, folks. Come on, Chad. Mm, David, think about it. When, when, was the, when was the first time the offer came forth? 
In the garden. Bingo. In the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be opened and you'll be as gods, knowing both good and evil. Is it? Folks, the problem's us. The sucker in you get away from the authority. You just you dispense with the final authority and make your own opinion your authority. You're a sinner. You are eat up with sin. It's in your DNA. It's in our people's DNA. The only place you can go is downhill. And that's what's happening. And it will continue to happen at breakneck speed until the Lord says, time's up. It's time for this thing to culminate. But that's a prerequisite that eventually there is going to be so bad that there's going to be a remnant of our people after we're slaughtered. We're going to go through that later on here in Revelation. We're going to talk about some of the martyrs and on through the book of Revelation. All the thousands and thousands and millions that are slaughtered. They've been being slaughtered. Been slaughtered in war, been slaughtered as martyrs. It's only, I wonder how come it's, it's, we're the ones to do all the getting slaughtered business, okay? On a large scale. Because we're hated by the principalities and powers, and the adversary hates us with a perfect hatred. But there's going to come a time to where that prayer that we prayed the other night, Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, and going to get backed in a corner with just a few left, and the Lord's going to hear that prayer, and He's going to come back, and the prerequisite to His to his avenging of blood is what Brother Chad just read. You read it again, brother. Because you got the Syrian, which is a type of the one that's going to be in charge during that test, a type of the beast, the Assyrian is. And you've got both Ephraim and Judah right there in the t- separated in the in in the verses. And then the Lord starts speaking himself. Go read that again, brother, what you just got through reading. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound. Then went Ephraim to the Assyrian, and sent to King Jerob. Yet could he not heal you, nor cure you of your wound? For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion, and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away, and none shall rescue him. I will go and return to my place, Till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. In the affliction, you may think that you've, you've had personal affliction. We have for the last 2,000 years. Oh, yea, all, and that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The martyrs suffered. My God, my God, at the hands of the Catholic Church over 35 million. World War II, killing each other right and left. With somebody sitting back smoking cigars in a room somewhere and the, the old greedy little hook-nosed money changers dealing out the money, the Rothschilds, promulgating every bit of it. Never and the Muslims, 275 million, wasn't there it? You, there you go, brother. There's another. 
That's another. You just just slaughter, slaughter, slaughter. What does Paul say in Romans chapter 8, the last few verses? We're killed all the day long like sheep to the slaughter. Go read it, Brother Chad, Romans 8. Okay. Romans 8, last six verses. Nothing here about bringing in a kingdom. Nothing here about things getting better and better. But the promise of protection for those that the elect that love their God. Okay. Starting 33. Who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Every one of you ought to memorize those verses, and you ought to put those in your prayer. You ought to think about those things. Every one of you ought to take the time to memorize those verses right there. That's that's a a fantastic promise. And right before that, Paul tells you that, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. And whom he did foreknow, he predestinated. And whom he did predestinate, he justified. And whom he justified, he sanctified. And whom he glorified, whom he glorified, he glorified. And all in the past tense, folks, no, maybe, ifs, ands, and buts about it. I didn't quote it completely correct, but you need to go read it. Lay that to your heart. When times are bad, when the pain comes, remember that. You've got to, you've got to have that in your heart. You've got to have, you've got to have a grip on that. In, in these days of trials and tribulations that we go through, not the big deal that's coming later, but the daily deal that's been going on for over 2,000 years. We mentioned the martyrs, over 35 million. They took those verses to their grave, and they didn't even have a complete canon. They'd quote Scripture and praise and praise God, a lot of them, when they were burning in the fires, the Smithfield fires, where they burned them there, when their tongues were being ripped out when their babies were being cut out of the wombs of women and fed to the hogs, when they were being drawn and quartered in the name, quote-unquote, of Christianity. 
from the mother whore. Need to think about that stuff. Oh, don't don't let it leave. Always they just write it down, put it on the wall where you don't forget it. To know what you have to be thankful for. And realize that if you if you actually do live godly and actually do proclaim the truth and don't try to keep it a secret, try to be some secret agent Christian, you will suffer persecution. All, yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, period. And hence, the doctrine of Christian suffering that you couldn't find with a finding machine out there amongst teachers and preachers today. Because it's like boiling the the frog in the water for a little bit at the time, they have been acclimated to worldism, to the love of the world, to, to science falsely so-called, to false teachers, false preachers, false Bibles. The whole thing, it culminates in what you're looking at today, and it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. I haven't set the table with all that stuff. Keep that in mind as we're going through this stuff because, like I said, these seals that are poured out, you can make uh, application historically to some of the stuff over the last 2,000 years, but that you have to jump into allegory to do it. And that's what they do. That's exactly what they do. And there'll be some things they just absolutely will refuse to address and think, it, oh, well, just added words to the text, see. When the book plainly tells you that not one jot nor tittle shall fail till all be fulfilled. Now, folks, do you know what a jot and a tittle is? You ever looked in the Hebrew and see all those little marks and everything that they've got over the, the way the language is written? Well, the Lord himself said that every, even those will be, everything will be fulfilled, every jot tittle. It, they won't pass away till everything is fulfilled. So there is no space filler, quote unquote. There is no words or parts of a verse that, that, that goes outside, that, outside of the purview of God's for fulfillment of prophecy. And until you wrap your mind around that and accept that and believe it in your heart and approach the scriptures like that, the revelation will be cut off from you so fast you won't even realize it. And you'll think you're headed in on the way of truth, standing for the word. And you're only standing for an opinion. This stuff that's coming up, that we're going to read about, the seals, the trumpets, the vials, every bit of it's going to be fulfilled to the jot, to the very period. So, let's start with, uh, we done went through the first horse, the, the, this guy that's got a crown and he's got a bow, and by the way, that, that word bow, if you study the law first mentioned, when we think of bow, we think of a bow and arrow. Well, number one, he doesn't have any arrows to do any damage with, this white horse rider. That crown he's got on is not the crown of a king. 
It's different than the king of kings and lord of lords with many crowns in Revelation 19. And things different are what, brother Chad? They are not the same. Amen. Amen. So, Brother Dave, let's pick up where we left off and read about these other horse riders and get into these seals. Okay. Verse 5, Revelations chapter 6. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Okay, what does all that mean, Brother Don? I ain't sure, folks. I've heard all kind of speculation on it. I do know that in Leviticus it talks about food being a certain food being associated with a certain weight. It talks about that in Leviticus. It says, Heard not the oil of the wine. I know that oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. And so is wine, as far as that goes. So it must be talking about the literal wine and the literal oil. Y'all guys got any ideas about that? Well, um, the penny, that was a day's wage. Right. right at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's talking about a famine, isn't it? It would a measure of wheat for a day's wage, yeah, or three it, measures of barley. And if you apply that with what's coming up later on, you would associate it with absolutely the lack of being able to buy food like we buy it today. In other words, folks, just keep in mind the period of time that's coming has never been equaled in the past, never ever will be again. So if you just think it's because you're only making forty dollars a week. I'm just using this as a re- frame of reference. A forty dollars a week instead of a hundred and fifty dollars that that don't mean a hill of beans. It's going to be bad. It's going to be so bad that there will be an institution of a mark where nobody can buy or sell, save he had the mark of the beast and the number of his name. That's coming up later. So this is a part of it some way, but I don't I don't thoroughly understand it myself. Next person. The um, measure was about one liter. So that one liter could make a small loaf of bread or three small loaves of uh, rye bread there. Okay. Barley, sorry. No. <laughs> Got you. So Got you'd you. work all day for a small loaf of bread. Those yeah, are hard no. times. That's right. You remember the parable of the um, that the Lord gave that talked about all these people that agreed to worked for such and such, and then somebody came in there at the very end, and they got the Lord paid him the same amount as yes. he did the ones that had labored all day long. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's probably got something to do with it too, but I hadn't got it put together in my own mind yet. Anyway, next verse, brother. Verse 7, And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, And his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Okay. This this next, this has been happening. Hey, the Lord told you in Matthew 24, Mark 13, 
and Luke 21, that there'd be wars and rumors of wars during all this period of time that we've been going through for the last 2,000 years. So, World War Two, World War One, the War of Northern Aggression, the Hundred Years' War, all the, you know, all the wars that took place over in the old country, all the rumors of wars that, that took place, it, 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 everything it just keeps fulfilling over and over again. There was no peace. There's been no peace. They call her peace, peace, and there is no peace. I forget, um, one of you guys might have read it or heard about it. Some historian figured up all the time back, and he, he, he used the Word of God as well in secular history. But I forget out of all the la- over the last 6,000 years how, 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 how much peace actually there was in the world as far as he could tell from all recorded history. And folks, you'd be amazed. I forget exactly what it was, but it was something like, out of all those thousands of years, there was only something like maybe five or ten years of peace, something like that. It was so dramatic, it'd blow your mind. I wish I knew where I could send you to see that, but I've forgotten where it's at. So this horse is bringing death. Death followed him. Death's been present with us all along. But this is a capital D. This is death personified. You know who the author of death is? What does it tell you in Hebrews the author of death is? The devil. He's given the power of death. And hell, this this hell right here is not the burning hell. This is the this is this is different than the outer darkness part of hell or the lake of fire. This is like the holding place that it talks about. In Luke chapter 16, Sheol. And death followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. Fourth part of the earth. It's going to happen. It's been it. Hey, was it a fourth part of the earth during World War One and World War Two? Mostly, but the theater of war only took place in the Pacific and over in the old country. So that won't fly there, even though they'll try to stretch it. The historicists will stretch it and try to make it be the fourth part, saying, well, it really don't mean actually what it says. No, it means exactly what it says. Go ahead, brother. Um, uh, verse 9. And let me make one more comment about the very last part of the verse. When it says, and we'll can, with hunger, there's your famine. That, like Brother Dave said, was talking about up here in oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. verse before. There's your famine right there, following the other horse. And it says it, and to, to kill. And with the beast of the earth. Oh, the allegor- they, they jump on that one big time, the allegorizers, or they just ignore it's there. So the beast are going to turn on people? That's what the book says. So I'm just telling you, I'm just showing you what it says. Do you believe it? 
Brother Dave, quickly turn to um, turn in your concordance or Brother Chad and look up and see if that beast doesn't mean a living creature in the Greek. Oh, okay. I think it'll be Zoar. I think that's uh, that's where we get the word zoo from. I think that's what it is in Greek. Not sure. A beast. An animal, a wild animal, wild beast, beast, a metaphor, a brutal, a bestial man, savage, ferocious. Uh, the strongest definition says a diminutive form or from the same as another G2339, a dangerous animal, venomous, wild beast. Okay. The, isn't it the Greek word Zoar? Zoar. No, that's, that's a different one. Oh. Uh, that's, a, that's a different one? Yeah, Zoan is uh, a living being, an animal, brute, beast. Slightly different, that one. I think you read, Dave, was uh, uh, Therion? Yes, Therion, yeah, in that verse 9. Oh, that's it, verse, it's oh, an or e- verse 8, sorry. It's an extra special vicious beast, right? Yes. Okay, all right. So personification of um, the beast killing people upon the earth. Could it happen? Well, well the, book, the book says it's going to happen. Has there been a time in history where this happened to the point to where it was noticeable to everybody looking around? Well, absolutely not. So they'll, 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 take, they'll stick with the English and then try to metaphor it and try to make it something else. Well, this was really just cruel men. No. Dog won't hunt, folks. Dog won't hunt. These beasts are not using the swords right above there. And the beasts don't cause the hunger. Okay? Verse 9, brother. It can be bestial man, but it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't exclude, you know, exclude them from that. But, yeah, like it's what you're saying, it's mainly the wild, savage beasts. That's right. That's right. Verse 9. Verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Wow. Now this just opens a lot. Some expositors will try to tell you that this is Old Testament saints. I do not buy that one bit. Period. Don't buy it. There is no wholesale slaughter, so to speak, of people that believed the word of God in the old in the old covenant. Not per se. Not that you know about like we know about from the resurrection forward. There's. I mean, yeah, I know all the people that were killed. Uh, I know that Rome killed a million six hundred thousand in the siege of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. don't think I mentioned that the other night, but that's how many. And I know they hung a lot of them on crosses along the, um, the highways. I know that. That's historically recorded. I think, I think it was 1,600,000 altogether that fell in that siege and at the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. But these are slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. 
The testimony which they held is only after the resurrection that I know about. And the word of God. I I mention them over and over again because I want, if I could get you to settle, to just burn in your hearts and minds the fact of what happened with our brethren and realize that it's coming back again, see? And that's the that's one reason the historicists and the praetors they do, and the postmen they don't want to touch it. And some people will the Judeo Christians today they'll say, well look at all them so called them Christians overseas that's getting killed right now. They wearing the word wearing the name Christian just um, like the Hutus and Tutsis and all that bunch in Africa. What what is it? Some of those folks are over there, brother. that call themselves Christian. Isn't it some of those um, African tribes? Oh yeah, there's African tribes. Yes, that call themselves. They Christian. just put their they, they just put their name put the name Christian over them, right? You ever heard one of them's testimony about the Lord Jesus Christ? Other than well, under a brother, missionary, brother Hoggard goes over there, and he seems to, to say that there's some avid ones, but you know, there's a lot of voodoo stuff probably going on on the side too well i've got a brother that i graduated from bible college with and his name is my brother mike dobbins um (laughs) brother marty if you're listening you could verify what i'm fixing to say because you know it's true but brother dobbins went over to zambia (laughs) and and oh he says he said that you can walk down the street one day and all these little blue gums will get converted and be praising Jesus, and somebody can make a circle and come down the street that's that's different and say the same thing, and all of a sudden they'll all get converted again. In other words, what I'm the point I'm trying to make yeah. is that don't mean nothing. That that, right. that, that that it's a bunch of crap. All they're looking for is a handout. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that. Yeah, there was a famous um, missionary to Africa, and I, I'm not Jonathan sure. Livingston. Yeah, and after he worked there all those years, he came back and said, basically, I'll paraphrase, it was an entire waste of time. That's Jonathan Livingston, folks. I studied about him, and I studied all about him in church history and Bible college. He he is went all through Africa, and that's exactly what he said. What Brother Dave said it was a waste of time. Or they sure praise him in the Presbyterian Church, but they never mention that whole thing about it being a waste of time. <laughs> oh yeah, they won't tell you the whole story. They pick and choose, bro. Oh yeah, no, it was a, he was a great man. Went everywhere in Africa. Nothing about waste of time. <laughs> well, he was also a um, a biographer, and he did map out. That's the good stuff he did. Absolutely, the good stuff that he did that 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 really mattered. Okay, him mapping out Africa. He was an explorer. As well, ah, not just a. He just wasn't a preacher. He was also an explorer. Good thing he had that uh, to fall back on. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Next verse, brother. And they crowd with, cried with a loud voice, saying, "How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth?" See, they're praying for the second part of our kinsman redeemer's job, folks. The avenger of blood. That has not happened yet, and you can, all the allegories can try to do anything they want to do. It has not happened. 
the avenger of blood, the wrath of God has not been poured out on an unbelieving world, and he promised he'd do it, and he's going to do it. And it ain't happened yet. And before he even does that, all this other stuff has got to happen. In type, it's been happening over and over again for 2,000 years. Since the resurrection, the rise of Rome, the fall of Rome, okay? This civilization, this part of civilization rises, gets to a certain part, then falls again, and then falls. The British Empire, to a peak never seen before in history. Look at it today. Look at it today. There's a secular book. I'm trying to think of the name of it. A secular historian. I can't think of his name to save my life. That wrote all about this rise and fall of civilization. And he quoted. He he's not. He wasn't a Christian. He quoted out of Ecclesiastes, saying how true that was. Because it is true. So usually the pinnacle or the peak of any uh, civilization reaches its apex around between 175 and 200 years. It reaches its apex. There is none that's went no whole long ways over. They reach their apex as far as prosperity and, um, and growth and everything goes. Around, I think it's around 200 years. It may be 225. But it's somewhere between 175 and 225. Well, we're past that today. We don't, Anybody can go down and look at the roads and everything and see the degeneration and see all moving all these heathen in and everything the degeneration is taking today. Our apex probably was in the 50s. Probably reached our apex in the 50s. And that was it. Then it's downhill. Katie barred the doors. We're headed to the pits. Unless the Lord gives us a, a reprieve like Nineveh, like I said the other night, we can pray for it. And if it's the Lord's will, he'll do it. And if it ain't his will, you can kiss it goodbye. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord? Holy and true, dost thou not judge? and avenge our blood on them that are on the earth. Now, it may, these, these martyrs here may, it talks about these earth dwellers. You're going to notice, I mentioned it the other night, as we go through the book of Revelation, continue on, there's going to be a difference made between the saints and the, what it calls earth dwellers. Because, and the earth dwellers are always on the wrong side of the line, Okay. Because it tells you in the book of Hebrews that we're just sojourners. We're pilgrims. Our citizenship is not of this earth. That's why I teach and tell you guys the things I tell you. That's why all the admonitions of not being rooted, but rooted in this world, financially, with the love of this world in your heart, every bit of that is absolutely condemned by the word of God. Every bit of it. And that hurts a lot of folks' feelings because they love life. Hey, I like taking the next breath myself, but I know where my heart is supposed to be, and it is to the best of my knowledge. It's not just hating a system. It's hating everything that's connected 
with the system because there is somebody over the world today that is not the Father. Even though the Father's ultimately in control, there is a little G God and a prince that is over everything else. You know that by Luke 4, when Satan took him up to a mountain, offered him all the kingdoms of the world. The Lord did not say, they're not yours, you're just an Edomite, and all, like some of the um, blinded idiots out there try to teach. The Lord didn't rebuke him one bit for offering him all that stuff. He didn't rebuke him till he started talking about worship, see. Because every offer he made the Lord, he was able to fulfill it. And that's why eventually there'll be a renovation of this earth by fire, Second Peter chapter 3, Revelation chapter 20, 21, 22. And then after it's purified, then it'll be habitable for perfect saints. Keep that in mind. Folks, listen, it's hard. I understand that. Especially for somebody that's got a bank account and got a wonderful family and never lack for any food, never have to worry about their bills being paid, and say that their kids are under control to a certain degree, not maybe not perfect, but is what they got all this stuff they're thankful for, and rightly so. But folks, even with that, there's not supposed to be a love for this life. The Lord said, he that loveth his life shall lose it. Not my opinion, not my words. That's right out of the Lord Jesus Christ's own mouth. John says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And then he proceeds to tell you they come under the categories of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That covers every swinging thing that there is on this earth. The pride of life, not the pride of any, the pride of life. And all those three things are exactly what the adversary offered the Lord if he'd just fall down and worship him in Luke 4 on the Mount Temptation. Either he, either he was telling the truth and had the ability to give it or it wasn't a temptation at all. Okay? Period. End of story. Either it was a legitimate offer or it's just a, a, a cock and bull story. Now, you're covered. Okay? You're faded. Now, you roll the dice. Okay? So when I talk about all this stuff, when the Lord says to set not your affections on things of this earth, and Paul tells you the same thing, and then tells you our conversation or our way of life, our manner of life in Philippians 3 is not on this earth, and it's not. We're not of this earth, John 17. We're different. We're different. Are supposed to be. And we've spent all of our life getting so acclimated and accustomed to the things and the, the bells and whistles 
of this life and this world. And folks, listen, I'm on, I'm, and I'm talking to you. No matter how you want to blow it off, no matter how you want to think it's just the ravings of some redneck Bible thumper, what I have told you is the absolute unadulterated word of God, the truth. And you will run and you'll get you'll say, Absolutely Amen. And you'll have this certain amount of things over here that you will detest and you will hate and you will denigrate and you'll preach again, and then there'll be this other little bit that you've slid around and slipped in your back pocket, say that you won't talk about. And guess which one the Lord's wanting? He's not caring about the ones out there you're bloviating about. He's wanting to get a surrender and a grip on the ones that you slid in your back pocket. Whether it be affections, finances, or possessions. That's what he's looking for. Because, see, all that other stuff was no sacrifice. And it takes, it has to be a sacrifice that pleases. That's what pleases the Lord. Or as Paul says, present yourself a living sacrifice. These guys here, they all, by their testimony and the word of God, they were killed. Because they loved not that do it. And Hebrews 11 said the world wasn't worthy of them. And the one that's in charge of this thing we call the earth, and the ones, the corporations, the high, the elite that are destroying it for their own benefit, God's going to specific, He's got a specific plan laid out for them. And it's going to tell you, it'll tell you when we get to it later on here in the book of Revelation, he's going to destroy them that destroy the earth. He got a special plan for them. But you think about what I'm saying, folks. Hey, I've been guilty of it. I know I'm telling the truth. I know the Word of God backs up everything I just got through saying, and there's no ambiguities to it at all. It's the, the problem is belief in what God said. See, It always winds up being that, and obedience to the Word of God. We live in a culture today where we pick and choose our obedience. The Lord demands a complete sellout. That's what a slave does, you know. Is obedience. Or as it says in the Old Testament, that obedience is better than sacrifice. Do you pray about that? Do you strive to do better than that? Do you put the flesh down? Do you separate the old man from the new man? Do you make an honest effort to do that? What's the last thing you've done? How are you coming along in the walk? 
How? When's the last time you said no and obeyed? When's the last time you didn't put you and yours ahead of the book and what the obedience to the book and what the book told you to do? Be not deceived, folks. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ, folks, and give an account of those things done in the body, whether they be good or bad. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And there is no doubt in my mind that the Holy Spirit is ringing some bells. I know he rings mine and pointing out things. Obedience. Next verse, David. Verse 11. And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them, that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Wow. Yes, the coming. To his fellow servants and to the brethren, there'll be fellow servants that get it in the neck and the brethren of these saints as well should be killed not just persecuted, killed, as they were. All the ones that were killed in the most recent history, 1,500 years ago, from 6, 7 B.C. onward, during the hellacious reign of the, of the whore, under the persecution of the Catholic Church to to real Bible-believing Christians. Coming again, folks. I could stop right here and go off into the conspiracy theories about the, about the um, guillotines that's supposedly out there. I don't know how much truth there is to that, folks. There may be, it may be completely true. I've seen all kind of stuff. Well, we know one thing. There is definitely anybody that studied it knows that the camps are already set up. That we know they're all across the country. I don't know about over in Albion if they if there's any over there. Don't know what's going on over there specifically. But here in the type of the New Jerusalem, they're everywhere. North, south, east, and west. We're going to find out in just a few minutes about the underground. Well, all this, you hear about these, oh, it's conspiracy theory. There ain't no underground bases and bunkers. That's a bald-faced lie, folks. You just had not done your homework. I'm telling you that there. It's going to tell you about them just shortly in the Word of God. It's going to tell you who's going to inhabit these as well. Continue, Brother Day. And when we're being persecuted and martyred, they'll 
say that we're terrorists. They'll say that we're haters of mankind, that we're evil, we're seditious, that we were the the cause of these problems in the economy, why economies are crashing and why uh, there's terrorism going on. We did it. We were the promoters of hatred and child molesters. And we won't be persecuted because, oh, they were persecuted because they believed in Jesus. Well, that will be the truth, of course, but it, they will make up stories that justify in the eyes of all mankind, and everyone will agree, yes, they are the evil, the wicked, they are the problems with uh, what's going on in the world today. Off with them. Absolutely, and what's going to be shocking to a lot of people is the people that tag the name Christian onto them will be some of the biggest ones pointing a finger. Yes. And some of these huge churches and great denominations and it's all the Catholic churches, all that stuff, the big names, they're going to point. They're going to be what some of the ones pointing the finger as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And these people that follow television evangelists and all that. That's right. And that's folks, listen, listen. What we're telling you is absolute fact. The, the ones carrying a cross holding a cross up and somebody coming behind them waving a candle are the ones that slaughtered over 35 million. My God, my God, wake up. Wake up. Because it's coming. Oh, I've been hearing that for years. So bad. But remember, I talked, well, we started out the program. I was telling you about Brother Chad read Ecclesiastes. Brother Dave read Second Peter three because the work against because the Lord does not go ahead and, and do judgment against an evil work, the hearts of the sons of men is setting them to do evil. And as long as people keep back and they don't see the Lord intervening in a physical way, see, folks, that's what that's <laughs> when they got away from the book they started looking for signs and wonders. Okay, and when the Lord don't provide none, there's somebody going to show up that does provide them. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And they're going to be sucked in like with a sucking machine. Because they believe not the truth, and they did not live by faith. That's the reason I'm always talking about the just shall live by faith. I may not be alive to see it. Brother Dave may not be alive to see it. But some of you under the sound of my voice are going to remember these words. If so, be the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, and the Word of God effectually works in you, which it does in everyone that believeth. Continue on, Brother Dave. Verse 12, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and, lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. We read about this in Joel chapter 2. We read about a great earthquake in, in Isaiah chapter 24. We read about this, uh, a great earthquake, and it says the, the, all this stuff happens. 
The allegory folks love to just jump off, and all the ideologies and ideas just come out of flowing of what this really means. This. Have they ever? Have y'all heard about any bad earthquakes happening in the last fifteen, twenty years? Do y'all know of any? Hey, come on! I'm asking a question. Yes, there's. Of course. Been. Of course. Has there been thousands killed? Oh yes. Was it the worst it's ever been? Um, I don't know about that. No, probably not. Of course not. Well, does the Bible say there's a time coming it's going to be worse than it ever has been? Yeah, there will be no question there. Bingo. There you go. Everything that's leading up to it. Remember the Lord said in Matthew 24, the war of rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places. All that's just birth pains. All that's just leading up to the to the grand... Finale. There is no way that I, well, in my lack of linguistic ability, I cannot tell you how bad the Lord is trying to get across to you it's going to be in the time of Jacob's trouble. I can't, I can't articulate. I don't have the words. My vocabulary is not big enough. Until you get along with the Lord in his book and, and let the Holy Spirit deal with you about it yourself, especially you historicists, and especially some of you Satan's chained in a millennium past, folks, until you get along with the Lord and quit listening to this BS out there, you're going to get caught up right in the middle of it. You know, the Lord does promise that he might heal hide some of us in that period of time. Remember where the passages we've read, Brother Dave? Yes, I remember. But it, it, it the, uh, and and some of us, even though we're just as saved and Christian as anybody else, somebody will not get that. Will not listen and hear the voice and the warning, and will not get those closets of protection and places of protection like it talks about in Isaiah and Zephaniah. How do you know? You see all these folks up here that got killed for the word of God and testimony. <laughs> Their testimony. They didn't get hit anywhere. And look how special they were. Brother Chad read you killed all the day long like sheep of the slaughter. What makes you think you're special and any different? Yeah, we we probably deserve to be killed. We absolutely. All you got to do go back to Revelation three, read about it. Mm. Yes. See, that's the kind of stuff you're not hearing, folks. That's the kind of stuff people don't talk to you about. These so-called Bible teachers. How much prayer time have you spent about certain things like this? And you want what the problem with our people want to jump on a a a candy cane doctrine, preaching an ice cream ice cream way of salvation, and teaching nothing but glorious things for our race. And folks, that's just not what the Word of God says. 
In the end, yes. But he'll have to break protocol from everything he's done since Genesis 1 all the way up to the present. He'll have to break protocol and have to delete the words of God if that happens. Okay? In other words, as some of the old saints says, if he lets us get away with what we go, way we are today, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And there's more truth to that than meets the ears. And the fact is, he's not going to have to apologize to nobody. Are you special? As the bride of Christ, absolutely. But as the bride of Christ, you're also accountable for very much. Not just what you want to be accountable for, not what you just pick and choose, but what the book says that we're all supposed to be accountable for, right down to the last jot and tittle. Continue reading, brother. Verse 13. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And we know that those are, they know those stars is talking about show up again, and we know that they are angelic. They're not talking about um, Zeta Reticuli, and they're not talking about the Big Dipper. That's not what they're talking about, because the Word of God sets forth. Set, the Word of God interprets itself. We're going to go ahead and stop here for tonight. Is there any questions in the chat room? We'll pick this up tomorrow night right here. Okay, guys? Yeah, it sounds great. No questions that I see. Yeah, I don't see it either. I'm going to reiterate this one last time, folks, before we end. You cannot pick and choose. We're accountable for everything that's brought to our knowledge, to our understanding. If you didn't know any of this, if you didn't, if you had no idea about any of it, then you're not accountable for it. Because to whom much is given, much is required, see. And if you're given the knowledge and understanding and it's presented before you, you can't claim that you didn't understand it when you did. Because, you see, God looks on your heart. And it'll be the it'll be the motives and sort of the heart that's judged according to First Corinthians three. You can't say that you didn't understand when somebody just would did everything in the world to explain it if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Because if the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in you, you're not going to understand any of this stuff. You need to think about this. You need to think about if you understand conviction, you need to realize what's going on, if, the, if so be that the convicting part of the Spirit of God 
is on you. Because that's one of the jobs that the Spirit was sent into this world for. To convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. And that's what we've been talking about. And the opportunity to get it all straightened out and cleaned up. I didn't say you had to make, you had to all of a sudden make this about face and all of a sudden tomorrow everything's done correct. I'm talking about you acknowledging the truth and starting a pathway on that road of truth and with obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Without that, you'll never love him. Without that, you'll never have the revelation of the Holy Spirit show you anything else. And when the rod comes down, you'll blame it on everything but the Father. When the stripes come, you'll blame it on everything from sickness to everything but where the where it needs to be put, realizing that the Father's trying to talk to you and bring you to a spiritual common sense and a life of obedience. Brother Chad, if you would, dismiss us in a word of prayer. Uh, there's one question in the chat room. It says, so Don, it's from guest six. So Don, are you doing Thanksgiving at your place? Oh, I read. I told him earlier. Brother Kevin oh, comes did? over. Yeah, Brother Kevin comes over here every has for the last three or four years, and whatever whoever comes, you know, that's that's the way it'll be. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Okay, that's it then. Heavenly Father, we're blessed, Lord. Thank you. We we are so grateful for your Word, Lord, your Son Jesus Christ, and we are so grateful for your words, Lord, that you've preserved for all of time from the beginning of the foundation of, of, of everything, Lord, when we sat with you till now. We come to you as a sinful nation, Lord. And as your words say in Luke, but he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes, for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required, and to him and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. Lord, we ask that you give us the strength, and you light that candle in us, Lord, that we be able to be that shining candle on this on this plane, Lord, that we may witness of your gospel, Lord, and and be your faithful children. For we are we are an ignorant we are an ignorant and unworthy nation, Lord. We know we we know things, and yet we ignore them, Lord, because it makes us feel better not to admit that, that, that the truth that, that we have, Lord, that you've shown us, that it's, it's undeniable, Lord. You, you show us every day, Lord, in your words. We, we willingly avoid your words, Lord, so that we don't run across it. We, we willingly skip over these certain words here and there, Lord. We ask you that you can convict us, Lord. Open our eyes, open our hearts, and open our minds, Lord. Separate our soul from our from our bodies, Lord. Help us live inside our inward man so that our outward man doesn't torment us daily, Lord. Let our outward man be a torment to us, Lord. Let us not revel in, in the pleasures of our flesh, of our mind, 
and of our pride and of our ears and of our eyes, Lord. Let us be humbled before you. Strike us down, Lord. Bear us your cross. Do with us as you will, as you as your will would have you do to us, Lord. We want to be your willing servants. We want to serve now, Lord. For we know that if we serve now, we will rule and reign with you forever, Lord. In all of eternity, you are our precious one, Lord. There is nothing. There is no one. There is, there is, there is no thing before you in our lives, Lord. Help us be convicted to you. We love you, Lord. You are the most precious. You, you, gave, you gave grace to, to an unworthy nation. You, you gave mercy when we deserve not, Lord. You're the most beautiful and loving groom that we could possibly have, Lord. Open our ears, Lord. Open our hearts. Give us your Holy Spirit. Let it reign in us, Lord. Let it overtake us. Let us have fellowship with you, Lord. Let us talk to you as a friend, as our best friend and our Savior. And we thank you for the blood that you shed for us on Calvary, Lord. Yes, Father. And that for all time, we, we look forward to that time that you come back and receive us, Lord, whether it be in this, whether we die now and see you and see you soon or whether you come back and, and we die then or whenever it is, Lord, we know that you will make us prepared and that we will know, for we will not be deceived by this world around us, Lord. You've shown us. As long as we have your Holy Spirit and you, and you convict us, Lord, we, we will follow you. Help us be the faithful servants of you, our precious and only, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, Father. The precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray to you. Amen. 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 Before we end, Brother Dave, turn to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to show you all folks exactly where we are. You don't think everything runs in a circle? I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. I want you to really start reading verse 21. You want to see the condition of every white Christian nation? You want to see the condition of us? I'm going to Brother Dave fixing to read it to you right here. Okay, Romans chapter 1, verse, verse 21. Verse 21 to the end of the chapter, brother. Okay. Because that. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, 
men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Amen. Amen. The very ones that sit back and watch the stuff, they may not do the stuff, but they have pleasure in watching the ones that do it. You didn't know. They, they live vicariously through those they watch. That's exactly right. And uh, you had no idea that television was in the Word of God, did you? There it is right there. Mm. Having pleasure in them that do all the wicked stuff. There's your movies. There's your television. Right there in front of you. All right, Brother Dave. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. By the way, we're, we're going to start announcing this at the, at the first of the program and the last, Brother David. And I want you to include that my PayPal account can be reached by my okay. email address. And um, if you feel like that you've been taught, folks, the Word of God says you're supposed to communicate to him that teaches. So, God willing, I would appreciate that very much because it's very much needed. So, Brother Dave, go ahead. Okay. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number 334-397-2333. Again, that's 334-397-2333. The email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And if you email Don, he will give you the PayPal account. It's in. It is. It is. It is. It's my email address, brother. Oh, it is that. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry, that is the PayPal account. Then, respect to the Lord at yahoo dot com is also the PayPal account. Mailing address is three one five five Louisville Street. Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. And thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you again on Monday night. Yes, praise the Lord, Lord willing. We sure will. Tomorrow night, folks, we will pick up right here where we left off in the book of, uh, in chapter 6 in Revelation. Brother Chad, good job. Good job, Brother David and Brother Kevin, and I appreciate you folks from the depths of my heart being in the chat room tonight. Appreciate it very much. God bless and good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night, brother.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.